but like Patterson and Hughes are having their best years and we're losing. I think this is a win of a season. Yeah. <laughs> like, I see this as an absolute yeah, win. <laughs> like, like we're seeing our franchise players, like fans are having fun seeing them score points and then we lose 6-5. Like, That's yeah, give me that all day. Yeah. In regulation too? Oh, talk to me nicely. It is episode 149 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast, presented by Blue Wire. It's your boys, Hayden and Jevin, and we got one of the greatest guests of all time. One of our boys, fresh off a trip to Mexico, Corey Latondra. How's it going, my friend? How you doing? Hola. Bien. <laughs> e2. C. Gracias. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How was your trip? It was fantastic. It was, uh, before we left, it was a little dicey. I looked at uh, the weather like every day and a lot of it was thunderstorms, rain. I was like, fucking you son of a bitch. I swear to God. For one week. Right. And I get down there and it was just fun and sun. Uh, the it all changed and it was sunny every goddamn day it's like between 25 and 29 degrees every day you know perfect weather yeah that's good temperature the, the beach was white sand beautiful uh it's that magic sand that when you walk on it it's not hot so he's strutting around barefoot down the beach wading into the turquoise waters of mexico yeah just laying by the pool a couple of the pools were like infinity pools so you're just Looking out over the ocean, drinking a mango daiquiri, you know? Yeah, it was a good time. It was a, oh, God. I would, I'd kill both of you to be back right now. <laughs> without That's hesitation. Fair. Without hesitation. Honestly, I would do the same. I would kill I, both of you guys to get down there. I wouldn't respect you if you didn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that. It's that much better. It's that much better there than it is here. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Did you get to? Did you do any fun activities outside of the resort while you're down there? Not a single solitary goddamn thing, Jevin. I just <laughs> beach days. Yeah, and we were even like we went to Cancun, so I was like, we could you could just walk out the hotel and there's like stuff you can go see or do if you really want. But I I've been to Mexico enough times. Like I've been to the Chichen Itza or whatever it is, like the ruins and. I've been parasailing and gone out on the boat and done all that sort of stuff. And it's just like, I don't, I don't need to do this. I'm, I'm, I, I'm down here for one reason and one reason only to do nothing. And That's... I sure did. I sure did do nothing. It's, I played water polo a few times Great and game. ping pong, you know, that kind of like the fun games that like the, the fun teams putting on all the time, you know, I yeah. screwed around with that. I had a burger and fries every day for lunch. <laughs> every day bringing, bringing canada with you eh? that's right i'll tell you what usually when you go away to a resort or something the fries mediocre right yeah not at good. best at best these fries 10 out of 10 
They really? were so good. They were like perfect. They were perfect French fries. And the burgers were decent. So I was like, you know what? Every day, this is good for me. Pancakes for breakfast every day and an omelet. Huh? There you go. Dolce de leche on the pancakes instead of syrup sometimes because I'm a real piece of shit. <laughs> and then for dinner, you know, you mix it up. You have some other, maybe some, some meat, maybe some pasta. I don't know. Whatever. And just, and then mango daiquiris, at least, ten, at least 10 a day. Oh, yeah. Naturally. Yeah. And your last is a crime. It. Yeah. My goal when I go to one of these resorts is like, how much, and I base it off what it would cost you back home. I'm like, how much money can I eat and drink? while I'm down here, you know, you figure like one cup, like a, like one of those daiquiris, you're like, that's going to like a frozen blended drink. You go to a restaurant, you're like, that's running me like at least $10. Yeah. Minimum. At least. So I'm like, okay, 10, 10 of those a day. I'm like, it's a hundred bucks at least that I've earned back per day. And I'm like, so that's $700 right there. <laughs> I'm like, great. And you know, the burger and fries, that's at least $15 for a burger and fries. I'm like one of those every day. I'm like, uh-huh. It's a couple hundred dollars there. Plus the other food. I'm like half my trip was paid for in food and drink. Yeah. Was... Did great. <laughs> I only paid for the flight. <laughs> but it, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm disappointed I'm home, but, but, because I'm home now and it's officially near the end of February, I'm going to Italy in the beginning of May. So I'm that much closer to my dream, my dream trip. So you're going you're gonna to speak like in Spanish as brother, which that's is right. Italian. Ciao. <laughs> Woo. And you know what? On that trip, I'm only eating pizza and pasta and gelato. Yeah. So and drinking wine, right? Uh, I'll have some vino for sure. Dell's not a big drinker. For that one, I'm going with Dell. She's not a big drinker, but we'll have some wine. I'll mostly Got be it. drinking melted gelato. <laughs> hey, you'll have a you'll have a ride home every every night. I'll be walking probably. I gotta try and keep <laughs> the LBs off a little bit, <laughs> a little bit from all the. I'm hoping that what they say is true about like European food, how it's like a pizza there versus a pizza here. Like the one there is like, you're not going to get as fat eating it. Cause like the ingredients they use aren't as full of the garbage we stuff into our bodies on this side of the pond. But I don't know. Well, I've never uh, been. I'm a well, like, what I've heard is that celiac doesn't exist over there. Yeah. Like the flour they use. Cause of how like natural type it is. Oh, oh, flour. And how are they process it? Right. Like, like I could go over there and eat everything and be fine. That's what I've heard. Maybe you should move to Italy. I'm on my way tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. Hey, Corey, I'll see you there, but you come hanging out in Florence doing this from there. Yeah. <laughs> Buongiorno and welcome to Left Side Heffy. <laughs> that would be Electric Factory. It would. Sorry. You'd be so ahead of the game. You're eight hours ahead. <laughs> I know everything before it happens. Yeah. See in the future, <laughs> guys. Patterson uh, recorded his hundredth point. He's at eighty nine right now. He got eleven next game. No, they they're on a three game, three and five, and I'm five days ahead. So yeah, <laughs> he has a hundred and seven points. <laughs> oh he's, yeah, he's tearing it up right now. No, but uh, but now that football's done, this is going to be probably an episode that isn't quite hitting the two hour mark like um we've done in the past but hey we'll never say never 
with the way uh, with the way we uh, sometimes ramble on, this could be even longer. Um, especially with some of the news that has been heating up and as that and has happened in the NHL uh, the past past week. Uh, we're gonna get started with some trade talks because the trade deadline is. Oh wait, before that, before that, Hayden, how are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm about to show we're, myself out. See you later, guys. We were see you so, later, loser. Corey was stealing the show that like I didn't. No, know. it's it's fine. It's cool. I'm uh, obviously I'm looking at my okay. Back to the here. back to yeah. the schedule program. Uh, since Hayden doesn't care anymore. Uh, no, but uh, Hayden, what'd you get um, up to this past week? Well, right now I'm just trying to deal with BCIT and shit. Trying to find not a receipt for my tuition, but an invoice. And I love how BCIT's just website is so ass backwards. You go to one link, you click another, and you're back to the home page. So it's like, yep. fuck me. Um, but no, I've been uh I've been good. I've been really fucking tired. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm I'm really fucking tired. <laughs> Why are you so tired, big guy? I don't know. I uh I feel like Iron? I just no, I feel like I just don't go to bed on time. And then oh, I wake yeah. up at 4.30 in the morning for work at 6. Try hard. Uh, <laughs> I like to try and just get myself ready and prepped and not like I'm going to work half dead. And what time do you go to bed most nights? See, that's the thing. I try to go to bed around 9, but uh-huh. then I end up going to bed around 10.30. Mm-hmm. And... Still isn't bad. Just, it's terrible though. Like, well, he goes to bed hours. at 10:30, but then when do you go to sleep? You know, 11. No, I'd say like the 10 to 10:30. That's that's when I fall asleep. Okay. Are you yeah. in bed by nine, and then you're yes. just awake and fucking around yes. on your phone for an hour? Not even fucking. Not even all the time fucking around on my phone. Just jerking in bed, it? dying, not jerking it. I'll tell you that for you. <laughs> <laughs> it would make you fall asleep quicker. <laughs> Uh, I like to do not the dream over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I like to have sex, as we call it, Corey. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, do that and fall asleep. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't. I get hyped up, man. Oh, adrenaline starts popping. What do you mean? Why? When you're done, you're more energized. Almost. Maybe you should yeah. do more of the work, bud. <laughs> that's all i do man <laughs> i am Sorry, i'm out i'm done up no I'm but breathing heavy sweating i've passed out big sex podcast now big sex podcast now yeah, yeah. you guys ever put your own hand <laughs> no. uh you ever try and take like that zequil or one of the or like melatonin oh melatonin neocitrin i have gummies uh, like melatonin gummies i chew I should try melatonin. I don't know if maybe I'm just like restless sleep, but mm-hmm. no. Try um try neocitrin before bed. Like watch. I've like, tried neocitrin before. Mellows the body. Doesn't really, doesn't nice. really do anything. No, not for me. So like you lay there, eyes closed, and just can't fall asleep. Can't fall asleep. Yeah, try the melatonin, man. Take it like an hour before you want to go to bed. See if it helps. See if it that's, helps. That's Doctor Latondra's advice for you today. There I was we go. To say Dr. Corey, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> PhD. Pretty huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of an acronym for pretty PhD. huge diploma. Yay. Woo! <laughs> pretty huge depression. <laughs> 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 
Corey has the left episode. the Zoom call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just leave. Yeah. <laughs> there. I, we're worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, that's episode 149. Thanks for listening. Yeah. No sports. Episode thoughts, 150. RIP Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remembering Corey's best. Yeah. Top 10 Corey moments. Just me screaming. Yeah. Um, now, now we should all, uh, dive into the episode now that Hayden, we found out Hayden can't fall asleep and he's a big sex guy. So, uh, <laughs> huge sex guy, huge sex, big guy. sex guy. Um, we'll, uh, we'll dive into some trades. So, uh, Toronto Hayden, I think Kyle Dubas was listening to us from last episode because we told him to fuck the picks and finally go all in because his ass is on the line. I think everyone thinks that if Kyle Dubas doesn't make something happen within the next couple of years or this year, that this could be his um, farewell tour in Toronto. And he went out and sacrificed uh, Adam Gaudet, Mikhail Abramov, uh, their first round pick, uh, Ottawa's third round pick in 2023, and their 2024 second. Uh, for Nola Chari and Ryan O'Reilly, while uh, Minnesota also um, retained 25% of uh, O'Reilly's salary for a fourth-round pick from Toronto in 2025, and St. Louis retains 50% of O'Reilly's salary, while Toronto gets Josh Pilar from Minnesota. So, uh, Corey, what are your thoughts on Toronto making their big splash and getting Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari? Um, for the rest of the season, that was uh, a lot of names and a lot of words. Ultimately, Toronto got Ryan O'Reilly for a first, a second, and a third because Nolachari is a fucking who cares player. Uh, and so uh, Adam Gaudet, as we all know, sucks. He's not like he's nothing. He's he's like maybe you can play him in a bottom six. Like maybe he's I mean, he's probably going to be an AHL guy. Yeah. And uh, Mikhail Abramov, also not impressive, but it's great for Toronto. I mean, they had to do if this team, <laughs> if they lose in the first round again this year, it, you have to you have to you have to do something right. It's it's the coach isn't going to do it. You're locked into a lot of big contracts. You'd have to move a big contract for a big contract. So it's like it's just like Kyle Dubas. You tried to build the team and it didn't work. I still think their problem wasn't so much up front as it was on the back end, like, especially Jake Muzzin's gone. So I don't, I don't, I, I you would have thought like, wouldn't it made of more of a more sense, like swing for like a chicken then, then, but I guess like the money wise and cap long-term O'Reilly's up after this year. So he's a full rental, but he's that playoff experience kind of guy. He hasn't been that good. I know today he's, I think he scored two goals today. Two goals, so, yeah. In and Toronto's probably seconds. celebrating like they've won the cup which is classic <laughs> Toronto. So, you know, they're going to lose in the first round, but uh, yeah, I, I like the move overall. It's another big piece off the board, right? Like when you look at the forwards and even def- anyone who was available, a lot of teams I think would like to add a guy like Ryan O'Reilly's won a cup. He's tough and he's gritty, blah, blah, blah. All those like playoff intangible words that people like to use. Um, and if he can, obviously he'll be playing, he was playing with some good players in St. Louis. It's not like the blues have trash up front. Um, Thomas and Cairo and Tarasenko before he got moved. It's like, they have pieces there that, so it's not like he was playing with bums, but obviously, you know, Matthews is better. 
Um, Marner's better than most of those guys. Nylander's like, they have, so Toronto's obviously better and it's an upgrade. So I like it for them. And if, and the picks, who cares? A, a third round pick in the NHL almost never plays a meaningful career. A second round pick mostly doesn't play a meaningful career. So you, it's a first round pick that should be somewhere between 24 Three. and 32. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're like, you're not, I, it's a deep draft. So whatever, but I, I, I like it for Toronto. It's I like, I like when a team is, Toronto is very clearly a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations. So make the move. Do the thing. It's what Carolina never does. They're like, oh, no, I don't. A rental. Oh, we, we won our, all of our picks. It's like, well, congratulations. You're never going to win. You're always yeah. going to be that team. So good for Toronto. Go for it. Do your thing. Maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But at least you, can, you can't say they didn't try. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Hayden, uh, do you have any input on... Uh... This, this trade, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I don't think it solves any of their issues. It adds more of to what they have for offensive firepower and depth. Yeah, but that's not Toronto's weakness. They don't have issues with goal scoring or like putting points up on the board. It's more or less just closing out games and not blowing leads like Edmonton. And yeah, O'Reilly does wonders against Buffalo uh, tonight, but he didn't do shit on Sunday. Like, it's not the – I don't know. To me, it's not the, the biggest need uh, that Toronto did. But, I mean, hey, they finally went out and traded away their first-round pick. So, good for them. Now they finally have a story to talk about. No, yeah, I I, I kind of swing both sides, but mostly I like the trade for Toronto. Um, I think it really can carry a lot of weight um, bringing a guy on like O'Reilly. Um, I know the cliches, cup winner. He did win a Conn Smythe and a Selkie. So, like, if you're not going to go out and get a defenseman, the be- next best thing is a depth center who's really good defensively. Um, he can kind of play anywhere you need him. And he brings that veteran experience that you to a young team who needs to go far. Um, I do agree that I think maybe adding some depth in goaltending with Matt Murray's inconsistent health issues and Samsonov hasn't been the healthiest um, piece ever as well. Um, I don't know what they could have gone out and got, but I mean, I like, and I think Achari can be a good depth, like, bottom six player a type of player that you need in the playoffs so i don't hate it at all i'd probably give it a bb plus grade um as for st louis they now have like three first round picks in next year's draft and for a team like st louis they're not necessarily ready for a rebuild but i think this is the perfect situation to retool on the fly for this kind of team getting the three first round picks and they're in a position where they're kind of ahead of a team that needs to rebuild like Vancouver. I think they're slightly ahead. Um, so I, I like it for St. Louis and Minnesota just came in and got a free fourth round pick for just retaining 1.6 mil, something that Canucks should be a lot more involved in um, for the rest of this season. Now that like OEL is on IR and, and uh, stuff like that. So I, I think it's a good all-around trade for every team involved. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I like the point about the Canucks is that's what they you pray they start doing that. I think for the OEL one, he needs to go on LTIR for them to like absorb, like for the money to be a thing. IR is just opens up like a roster move mm-hmm. for them. So if they do move him to LTIR, that'll be fantastic because it's so much money. I think it would give the Canucks like $15 million deadline monies to absorb other teams cap dumps or be like that third team to hold extra money in a move. If the Canucks can snag like a couple fourth and third round picks for doing nothing, but like holding money for a year. God, I hope we do it. <laughs> yeah. That would be magnificent. But um, yeah, that wasn't the only trade that happened. Uh, there's a minor trade uh, after the New York Rangers acquired Tarasenko from St. Louis as well. Um, they acquired Tyler Mott. Again, um, for Julian Gauthier and a conditional seventh, it's going to be the lower pick of Winnipeg and New York sixth round pick or whatever. If New York advanced past the first round, I don't really care. It's like a area in the draft where no one really cares about. But there's word on the street that New York wanted to re-sign Mott after acquiring him from Vancouver. Money didn't work out, so they parted ways and they bring him back again. I think he's kind of in the same area as Noel Chari, just a good depth forward for a young team like New York. Mott provides speed and penalty killing, um, positivity and everything like that. So I think it's just a decent lower end move for New York. I think they need to do more if they want to go deep, but uh, I think this is like a half decent thing to improve the lineup. What about you guys? I think New York, like yeah, the Mott move is it's fine. You know, he's like he's a solid fourth line guy who he's he's he'll score a couple goals, maybe. He's great on a penalty kill. He's just one of those like a spark plug guy that you bring in. You you obviously know he fits your system. You like what he brought. And then before he got hurt last year, uh, we obviously know the kind of player he is from him being in Vancouver. Like he's a great addition. And especially you paid Julian Goche is a guy who could not get in the lineup. Uh, for New York, he's just, he's kind of, he managed to do a little bit better. I think with this year, with what he's been able to do a couple more points, it's looked a little bit better, but he's ultimately a guy that probably isn't going to be a top nine fixture all the time. Maybe he gets there, but it's like a risk that New York can take. They have tons of talent, tons of young players. So you give up that, you give up a sixth, a seven, it's a conditional seventh or something that might turn into a sixth if they move on or. Something yeah, like irrelevant. that, right? Yeah. So, but hey, you get that. I think the rain, honestly, I think the Rangers are, the Rangers could very well win the cup this year. I think you brought in Tarasenko. So you were like, that was a missing like extra piece. I know like when they replaced, um, who was the guy that left in free agency this year? He went to Ryan Strom. They got rid of Strom and brought in Trocek basically for like the same term and deal that like, they both signed for. So it's, I guess they just did not like Strom, but Strom had great chemistry um, with some of the guys with like Panarin and stuff and Trocheck, the fit wasn't quite there all the time. So if they can kind of figure that out, cause they're not going to bring in another top six center. I don't think they don't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but adding Tarasenko to Trocheck and Kreider and Panarin and Zabanejad on defense, they're fine. Right. Like Kendra Miller and Adam Fox and Ryan Lingard and Jacob Truba. You're like, that's, solid top four. Shesterkin's a top goalie. The bottom six is if, if that kid line, if Lafreniere, Kako and Heedle can 
you know, do what they did last year in the playoffs. Like, I don't, this is a team I wouldn't be surprised to get. Yeah. To. There's so many good teams in the East, but I, between Boston, New York, Tampa, I'm not going to say Toronto, but Carolina, you're like, those are five teams that you're like, would you be surprised if any of them made it through? And I like that New York went ahead of everybody and we're like, this is what we want. Here's what we got. They Like Nico Mikola, who was an addis to the Tarasenko deal. Yeah. Solid, solid bottom pair yeah. defenseman who like, he's not like offensive in any way, really He'll a couple points, like 10 to 20 points, but whatever. He's like a guy who can eat some minutes for you and be a competent puck mover out of the back end. And he's so a I like massive that. body too. He's like six five, oh, two big boy. forty. Like he's a perfect for like the playoffs and like getting in the corners and everything. Like you need those big bodies in the playoffs to like go toe to toe with mm-hmm. other big players, right? Like and that sort of like grind that is yeah. the NHL playoffs. It's huge. So I think I like all like all three players that New York has brought in were fits that they needed, like depth on the blue line, a fourth line. Uh, addition for their penalty kill and a top six, like legit scoring winger. It's like, great. There you go. Toronto goes out, they get O'Reilly. And it's like, now all the pressure moves to Boston, to Tampa, to Carolina. Be like, well, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to add? Are you going to sit tight and stay put? Who's going to get Patrick Kane? Yeah. Cause that's what I was going to bring up next is that uh, Patrick Kane was visibly Bummed. upset that the Rangers traded for Tarasenko, didn't acquire him. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, he should have pushed to get moved earlier then. Yep, he shouldn't yeah. have been so 50-50 on his feature with Chicago. He should have openly said, I want to leave. I don't know yep. why he's contemplating his future with Chicago. It kind of baffles me. Just sign back with them. I never. Yeah. I will never understand this with a team you've got a guy and he's like, clearly this team's going to rebuild. It's like, well, I don't know about my future in Chicago and this. And it's like, if you got, if you moved and traded for the, at the deadline, do you think that would affect whether the team would like want to bring you back or not? If you went to the owner who he would probably, or the GM, he would probably be able to go to the owner. He's Patrick Kane. He's been there forever. He's their best player. I was like, look, like I want a chance at another cup this year. Trade me somewhere. These are like the three teams I'd really like to go to. I won't make it public, but negotiate with them. They would do it. And then in the off season, you just go and you just sign back. You just <laughs> yeah. say, hey, guys, remember me, Patrick Kane? Sign me to another one-year deal. And if we're looking better by the deadline, I'll stay. And if not, trade me again. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't. I like I get for like they're human beings. Maybe they have families and kids. So it's like every year uprooting your life for a couple months is a hassle. But if you really if they really care, if you're Patrick Kane and you love the Chicago Blackhawk organization, right? They've drafted you. You've been an MVP for them. You've won multiple cups. You're like, yeah, I want this organization to be successful. Take the trade at the deadline. Let them get a first round pick plus whatever they're going to get for you get traded, go back, sign, like sign me up for another one year deal, baby. Yeah. Play at the deadline. If you're still producing, be like, trade me again. (laughs) I just keep doing it. I, I can't, I've never been able to like figure out why teams, why it's so seldom that you have a guy get traded and then re-sign with a team in the off season. It never happens. I'm hoping it happens with Luke Shen. That's yes. It never happens. And I don't, I don't understand. I don't get it. And 
because you brought up it's like i understand like raising a family having to uproot them all the time he's been with chicago since 2000 what 10 2000 no like 2007 yeah like, something like that like 06 he was drafted or something like the you're telling me that you wouldn't be down to get traded somewhere talking with the guy who's going back to chicago if there's any and be like hey you want to trade homes for five months you can live in my place. I'll live in your place, so we don't have to buy anything new. Put a down payment or some bullshit or whatever. Rent, just yeah, like get an I'll, Airbnb. Yeah, I'll chill here for this. I have unlimited money. No, yeah. no price should really fucking matter. I'll live here for a bit, and then I'll go back to Chicago or like be with my family there. Yeah, balance my. You don't have to like do anything crazy for the next few months. Just be like, yeah, I'll just go. I want a it's chance months. to contend. This team is shit, and then I'll be back here if you guys get Bedard, and I'll play with him till the deadline. Yeah, right. Trade me I... again. It's unbelievable. I totally agree with you, and I'm thinking with Luke Shen, if we don't get anything better than a third-round pick, trade him, and hopefully we can re-sign him for 900K for two years or whatever, and then, or one year, just do one-year deals like um, Patrick Kane. Luke Shen, Patrick Kane, same thing, right? More or less, both high first-round <laughs> picks. Yeah. Equal careers. Yeah, hundred percent. But um, Hayden, what do you uh, do? You kind of agree with we were going? Like, what would I mean be after your reaction with like Patrick after King? Corey moved on from the Rangers to then obviously going to the Kane story? Yeah, I first I want to say I agree with the Rangers. I like their moves and what they've been doing. Uh, I do as well think that they can be on a cup run this year. They're not like. They're not like the showstoppers that, you know, everyone falls in love with, but they're the team that's not going to go away quietly, in my opinion. So I like that. And then with Kane, I I find that interesting where it's like the NFL. You don't do that. If a team trades for you, it's most likely that they're taking on your term or they're extending you. There's no like, oh, yeah, we'll take you for the last year of your contract and then you can go fuck off. (laughs) I've never heard of that. That sounds so like it's so funny to me, but I don't get why Chicago doesn't do that. Surely they they must like a player like Kane. You got to talk to him and be like, yeah, maybe do come back. Like we'll trade you. Who cares? We're not doing shit this year anyways. Why not go perform with a team that you can have a, a cup run with? It, it that now that I'm saying it out loud, it doesn't make sense to me at all either. Yeah, it's like Chicago, and obviously, like Chicago would have done it in a heartbeat if Kane was more certain on what he wanted to do. But if you're Chicago, it's like we can just keep flipping you and getting like second and third round picks. Like, why not for the next few years and everything like that, and potentially first round picks depends on what they're offering, how good you're doing the, that year. It's like for a team who we're going to be in the gutter for the next four years, get all the picks we can, and then mm-hmm. if we finally pull like a Sabers or whatever, and we turn out to be pretty good by the deadline, where we can maybe make trades that can benefit us to make playoff pushes now instead of rebuilding, then we can flip those picks and acquire someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. And they can just keep using Patrick Kane as that revolving door piece. It's like, it, Hey, you technically got us five second round picks and six third round picks. And now we're using some of our own and some of the ones we got to get 
a player better players similar to you to come back on our team that can actually have like five or six more years left in them, right? Like honestly, in what, theory, it all makes sense, but pulling it off obviously must be one hell of a lot of paperwork. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely easier said than done, but um it just like kind of it makes too much sense for it not to be true. Yeah, especially considering that it seems like it happens more times than it doesn't in the NHL where a team will just be basically renting or yeah, they'll be renting a player and it's like, okay. Yeah. Time to go back. Um, but sticking with Patrick Kane, um, there's a list of three teams that are basically favored to make the biggest swing at him. Uh Dallas Stars, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Edmonton Oilers. Um, I think Edmonton is the worst fit um for him. Um, not necessarily you wouldn't say no to getting Patrick Kane if it's the right price, but with Edmonton's defensive situation and how bad Patrick Kane is defensively, I don't think it necessarily solves anything when you are on top of the world with McDavid and Dreisaitl. I don't necessarily think you need a Kane. Like me and Hayden were saying, Eric Carlson going to the Oilers would be a lot of fun to watch, but he's still not that great defensively. I think like a Chikrin would be better where he's a bit more solid all around while he provides a good level of offense as a defenseman. I don't think Patrick Kane would solve any of their issues. I really like the fit in Dallas for Patrick Kane. Um, like if Chicago was to retain money, I mean, this this is the same for Vegas, I guess, but like if Chicago was to retain money, Patrick Kane is still making that money in Dallas tax-free, at least half of it, for example. He's still making that $5 million tax-free, which be... Pretty nice, not going to lie. So I think Dallas would be really good because I think they're pretty solid defensively where they could use that offensive spark with Kane. Um, But what do you guys think out of the three teams that were given, and are there any other teams out there that you could see making a run at them? Corey, I'll go to you first. Oh, Okay, Hayden. Hayden, you talk first. (laughs) I I was going to say, I think uh, Kane going to Edmonton uh, purely just wouldn't be good because then you'd have a – an E cane and a P cane. Oh, yeah. Jerseys, Name alone. Yeah, yeah. jerseys. Cane jerseys cane. just wouldn't uh wouldn't wouldn't do well. It's uh, like um <laughs> it's like a Japan's team at the World Cup or whatever. Like their whole defensive line and goalie was named Kim. Yeah, like, exactly. Kim yeah. to Kim to Kim to Kim to Kim 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 Kim. <laughs> Kane back to Kane Kane Kane. <laughs> it's like ah. Yeah, like, although it would be fun offensively. Uh, just like why, why, why would you ever need or want Patrick Kane? Uh, personally, Dallas, yeah, they were my two. I like Vegas as a one for Patrick Kane. Um, mostly because like they are kind of an all-around team in my eyes, and adding a spark, you know, like Patrick Kane, a uh, huge veteran presence to. Uh, one of like the weirdest, oldest, youngest teams almost because it's like you look at one person, he's 33, you look at another, he's like 22, and it's like, okay, where the fuck is the middle here? Um, whereas Dallas, they have some old pieces, but they're getting younger. So I, I don't know. I think, I think Vegas in my eyes could be the, the best fit for Kane. Plus, seeing him in a, in a gold helmet, golden boy. <laughs> golden bullet <laughs> uh, i'm with you guys on the edmonton's dumb 
they have no problem scoring. It's like, I guess they can try and win every game eight to seven. (laughs) That was our point with Carlson. Right. Yeah. They, and also Edmonton doesn't have, has no cap. Like they would need, not only would they need like the Chicago to retain the like 50% max that they can, they would, I guess they could do the thing like, yeah. And then trade them to another team, holds money, trade them to Edmonton, holds money. Five team deal. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Just everyone's holding 10% of that contract. I'll hold a million. You hold a million. You hold a million. How much is he still? Seven and a half. Okay. You hold a million. You hold a million. Edmonton's paying like 500K to. Right. Because I'm pretty sure Edmonton has like no cap room. Yeah. Like, or like very little. I think it's it's very little. It's the same reason why they can't bring Carlson in Mm -hmm. without Mm -hmm. like San Jose eating a ton. But I get Carlson also has years left on that deal. So it's a different kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, I think Vegas makes a lot of sense because uh, Stone's out again, mm-hmm. right? So they're like, they want someone who can put up those points. And they're obviously a team that is built to win now, right? Yeah. Like that's what they've, they've tried to compete every year. So I think I could see Vegas giving up that first round pick and whoever else they got to give up, like some a prospect or two more than Dallas. Like, I feel like, I don't know if Dallas is a team. Dallas is like Carolina in that sense of like, I just feel like they're not going to risk it all. You know what I mean? Like they, they're doing really well. They're, I think they're first in their division. Um, but are they going to go all in? Jamie Ben's getting a little older. Joe Pavelski's old as dirt. They're both still producing, but it's like, if they really want to go for it this year, sure. But I don't think, t- I don't think even Dallas thought that they were going to be like, yeah, yeah, this is our year for sure going into the season. So I think, I don't know if they're the team that goes like, yeah, let's bring in a pure rental like Patrick Kane. I think they would be a team that went after somebody with a little more uh, term left, like a guy that made sense for them to bring in that was still under contract. So it wasn't like, like such a, a waste. Team Meyer maybe. Yeah. Like, like at least an RFA where it's like, yeah. yeah, okay, let's bring him in and we'll pay him eight, million eight and a half whatever it's got to be somewhere around there um million dollars for the next six years or something uh more than bringing in that rental whereas like vegas is like fuck it let's go <laughs> like here yeah hold we'll figure out the money here's our first round pick we don't care about draft picks in this organization we've traded away so many and so many <laughs> prospects already so I, I like i like the vegas fit of those three the most that's fair i was just thinking like dallas if because they got they traded that first round pick for Lundqvist, if I'm not mistaken, from the yep. Rangers. And so I guess like if they don't have that, which Chicago might want, then they might be out of the equation. But I just think if Dallas were to part ways with the prospect, I think their pool is deeper than Vegas's. Way deeper. And I just like um the makeup of Dallas. I think their top six would be a lot more electrifying. Mm-hmm. And I think with the final years of Jamie Ben, Tyler Sagan, like their contracts are coming up. I think this is a good year to take one last run at it maybe. And then they can, if it doesn't work out, then they can still go after it next year when they have more cap space. Um, so that's what I kind of like about Dallas. And I think Jason Robertson mixing it in with the power play with Patrick Kane would be electric factory, but, but I also like, um, Vegas as well. Like I'm not saying it's a bad fit, but I was just like kind of picturing Kane working out a bit more in 
Dallas because I also just find them to be a lot more solid all around as opposed to Vegas. They've been pretty inconsistent with injuries, and that's obviously something you can't really depend on. I'm not. Um, all their goalies are hurt. <laughs> it's, it's just like. I, I find a more dependable situation in Dallas for Patrick Kane than Vegas. Um, yeah. No, I think both would be make sense. I it'd be yeah. fun to watch them in Dallas. My 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 gut was just saying, like, I just don't know if they're like, yeah, we gotta push it all in. Like, I don't think in the sense of like how sometimes teams are a little bit sentimental, where like if if Chicago was in a place right now where they were like, I think we can win again this year and Taves and Kane are on that team. They're like, let's give these guys another, like one last kick at the can. I don't think Dallas has that sort of sentimentality with um, Jamie Ben. That's fair. You know, where they're like, no, no, like this guy's been our dude. It's like, let's try and give him one more shot. It's like, well, we brought in these guys and they've been good. But if they don't think that they're, if they go, well, I think next year will be better and we can hold on to that first round pick to bring in a guy who I think will be here for longer. I, I feel like Dallas just isn't going to, unless maybe they surprise everybody. Maybe the devil's taken Kane and go like, screw it. Let's go for it this year. I'm just also thinking though, like in a division where you have a competitive team, like Winnipeg and Colorado and Minnesota, where it's like, nothing's going to be, we're having a really good year this year. Colorado and Winnipeg could be good for a few more years. We should try and take advantage of Jamie Ben and Pavelski pro- yeah. producing at a high level where we can bring in Kane who can help us maybe get over the, uh, cause the West isn't necessarily a cakewalk, but it's not as hard Wide as the open. East. Right. So if they can really load up this year, they don't know if it's going to be this wide open next year. So yeah. I think that this is a good year to maybe try and get him. Because, again, they don't have that first-round pick, so they're not necessarily worried about missing out on a deep draft because they kind of already have by tossing it away, and they're not going to trade anything to bring a first pick back. Mm-hmm. So I think bringing in Kane, maybe giving up a second and a third and maybe a couple prospects for Kane, he can play with Sagan or Ben or Robertson, maybe bring Joe Pavelski down to the second line and put Kane with Robertson and Hintz. Like, I just think... Dallas taking advantage of a weak central that's been riddled with injuries could help them maybe propel themselves over Colorado and Winnipeg and Vegas and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm with you. I get it. It makes, it makes sense. And both situations make sense and they have their uh, sides of the argument where pros and cons and pros and cons and pros and cons. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see where Patty King goes. And if he is in a different uniform, it's going to be really weird to see kind of like any, just like not in the Blackhawks uniform. I don't know if I like that. Um, we'll talk about the hometown Canucks. Um, Woo. we're only seven points up from last place. We're getting really we're close. <laughs> we're Tanking hard for Bedard. Love it. Um, the past week we will cover as per usual, uh, six, one loss to Detroit, six, four loss to New York. A 6-2 win over Philly, which we saw rookie goalie Arturs Silovs get his first NHL win. Pedersen set new career highs and points in a game and points in a season with still like 25 games to go. Shout out Petey. That's our boy. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Demko had a Demko, Demko, Demko had a slight injury setback, and he had a strained groin after he was practicing. Talkett says he's close to returning. Um, apparently, teams are still calling on Miller to see what the Canucks can maybe do to ship him off. Like I don't know what the situation is, but apparently, teams are calling on him. Uh, like we said, OEL to the. Uh, not LTIR, just to the IR. Luke Shen scratched on this game for trade-related reasons. Lots to unpack here. Uh, let's start off with some big news here. Elias Patterson, second in five-on-five scoring, um, surpasses career point total in a season by two with, like, what, a quarter of the season to go. So it seems like he's turning that page into that top-five pick, which we made on him. And he's turning into the face of the franchise, like we all hoped. Um, Hayden, what were your uh, thoughts on like seeing Patterson have that big night and kind of just seeing him turn into that superstar that we all had hoped for? Just, just this is one for the victory books. The one win that Vancouver has gotten right in hockey in like so long, it feels like. Uh, what, what did he surpass? He surpassed 69 or he got to 69. Uh, nice. Yeah. He can't get any more or else he's a failure. He surpassed, Um, he surpassed 69. So it's almost cruel that he set a new career high. (laughs) Yeah. Unless it's 169 or, uh, what would it be? 138 points. I mean, divisible by 69. (laughs) <laughs> no, math it's, guy math guy it's, it's fucking sick um couldn't be happier honestly like it's he and hughes are going to be like the top jersey sellers for years to come in vancouver and i just hope that his career uh Pedersen's, is just so long and fruitful in vancouver Amen, brother. Amen. Corey, what about you? Bust. I'm just kidding. Uh, nah, it's great. It's, it's so funny that, like, he's having this career, like, in his young career so far, but, like, a career year for himself, all while managing, like, shit power play totals. <laughs> like, yeah. the guy can't score on the power play to save his life this year. Well, just as, like, weird, fluky numbers that will end up, like, coming back to the mean and fixing themselves over time. But that just goes to show you like the guy's top 10 in NHL scoring. And it's he's tied for like, seventh right now with like a Thompson yeah. and like a few Robert. And I think he's something. number two in NHL scoring five on five. Yeah. That is like, what Jeff said. Which is more important, right? Like if you be like, Hey, do you want a power play specialist or a guy who plays when most of the games on? I'll take the other guy. Uh, so it's wild. It's, he's the guy that, you know, last year in that first half of the season coming off that injury, everyone was like, is this, Oh God, like who's, who is Elias Patterson going to be? And turns out that he's just the, the fucking best. He is without a doubt, our best player. Um, he's a guy that you pray that he wants to resign here after next season when he's, when his contracts do that he doesn't play hardball or it doesn't make you like trade his rights away. Cause the Canucks would be hooped. Um, yeah. He's a, a breath of fresh air in an organization that you're like, man, for the better part of a decade, almost everything 
that has happened has not been good. That most moves you make have been bad moves. Most of your draft picks have been not the best. You've had a handful of hits, a couple, and then quite Bertan a few. and being one of those hits, right? For sure. I mean, yeah, he's hit seven different leagues. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's the best. Yeah. And Ole Levy, what a star. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? You can't. You're never going to hit on every first round pick. Look at Boston. What was, I can't remember what year it was, like 2018. They had three oh, in a row and they all sucked. 2015, they got DeBrusque, Shinishin, and someone else when they could have had yeah. like Barzell. I mean, DeBrusque has had a good comeback no, year this year. They could have had like DeBrusque, Barzell, and um, it was a defenseman, one of the defensemen, right? That went and has been crushing it. Well, we, somebody, we it dropped, was like the next like yeah, three picks right after them like yeah. Boston's three picks. And then it was like the next three guys. And you were like, Oof, yikes. So at least the Canucks didn't do that. Um, but yeah, I, you love PD. You love, uh, hopefully he can keep going and keep doing what he's doing and be the guy to lead the Canucks out of the darkness. We're like in Bane's cave right now. You know, we just need someone with no fear to just jump yeah. out the rope. It's just funny that we're seeing Pedersen and Hughes have their best years. Like in Hughes in turn, he almost has 50 assists. He, he, I think he has like five or six goals. It took him a while to get his first, but ever since that, the floodgates have kind of opened for him. He's mm-hmm. starting to put the puck in the back of the net. But like his plus minus, he's usually been a minus player, but he's in the positives, like on double digits. Team. Like on a terrible team. And I think a huge part of that plays with Luke Shen. Like I think him, Luke Shen staying home when Hughes can kind of be his offensive mm-hmm. style like really helps him play freely um but like Patterson and Hughes are having their best years and we're losing I think this is a win of a season yeah. <laughs> like, I see this as an absolute yeah, win <laughs> like like we're seeing our franchise players like fans are having fun seeing them score points and then we lose 6-5 like That's yeah give me that all day in yeah. regulation too. Oh, uh, talk to me nicely. Like it's just, it's beautiful. It's music to my ears. Um, whenever we go into overtime, I want to scream because I'm like, yeah, no points, useless. Yeah, but uh, no, it's it's really cool to see him like take that next step, and he's getting the recognition around the league. People are putting him on a selkie ballots. Uh, Corey, I don't know if you remember, but I said that he would be a Selkie nominee at some point in his career. Whoa. Uh, really happy about that take, and I hope it comes in fruition. But it seems like he's becoming that defensive style forward a lot more while providing dynamic offense. So it's really cool to see him grow a lot more. Into he's got a little, uh, be. as Brian Burke would say, truculence to his game this year more right like he's got a little more of an edge to him ah yes like just a little bit more a little grit a little sandpaper to him where when he first obviously came in he was a child so of course like he's just a boy (laughs) but you know gets a little more meat on his bones and plays a little uh just oh he's not he's never gonna play a heavy game but he's uh, you just you can see it this year in him that he's just like our little boy's becoming a man it seems yeah and you love to see it it's uh yeah there's there's a few guys on this team that you're like great i hope you stick around for a little longer and he is one of them 100 i hope like we do the break a truck kind of contract where it's like you're captain if you sign 
seven years and we'll get and this is why we need to ship contracts off we'll attach a third or second to jt miller and we'll get maybe a third back we don't want that eight million dollars for the next seven years especially with the no move clause um besser i love you change of scenery is best for you that's six million right there that's like 15 million dollars if some sort of way we can buy OEL or Myers out, that's an extra three to four million dollars. Please don't buy out OEL. Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's like terrible. Eight more it's years. so much money for so long. Yeah, but like <laughs> if we can somehow, we, I think that's just one that we have to like. You just have to bite the bullet. Yeah, you just have to. Unfortunately, he's on our team for the next five years. But mm-hmm. Myers, like actual cash and stuff like that, like only one more year. Yeah, so that will help with maybe giving oh, Patterson a blank check and be like, here, <laughs> write down. What's he going to run you? 10 mil? 10, 11. 10, 11. Uh, yeah. With the cap space going right. up, you might want a bit more. I mean, is but... the cap going to go up? That Bally sports thing? True. <laughs> That's, it's going to go up like a million dollars again. Like, great. Yeah. You know what? It. I don't like this quick, tiny little sidebar. I wish the NHL would be like, look, like obviously we've been fucked cap wise for the last five years. Uh, or for whatever it is, it's not really, it's probably not going to go up much again this year. Give every single team the option of having one compliance buyout. So it doesn't affect your cap. Like you can buy a player out, you pay out their contract or whatever it is, but it doesn't affect your cap. So you can remove essentially a, a one contract from your team. So like the Canucks could compliance buyout OEL wipes them off. He's a free agent. He can sign wherever he wants, but like every team gets one. It's a way of like creating cap space without having to increase the salary cap and you Mm -hmm. leave it to the discretion of the owner. So if the owner wants to be cheap, they cannot do one. But if teams are like, fuck, because that's like you, everyone, every like analyst person, like, well, it's just, it's, it's so hard to make a trade because, you know, everyone's so tight against the cap. It's because, yeah, well, everyone's been expecting it to go up a little bit, but it hasn't for three years. So it's like, well, We've spent everyone's like doing that thing where they're in a boat and it's you're sinking and you're trying to get the air that's left. Yeah. It's just like they're everyone's running out. So give a fucking compliance buyout to every team gets one buyout. Mm-hmm. And then you, you can artificially raise the cap by giving everyone a breathing room because every team's got a contract they'd like to get out from under. Yeah. Right. Like no, you, I don't, I, you, I doubt you could go through. 32 teams and be like, no, this one, everyone's got one. Even if it's not like a OEL size 7 million, like if someone's paying someone 4.75 and they're like, we just don't need this contract anymore. Like let's, okay, there, boom, $5 million in cap space. Look at you. I just like, it would make so much sense for them to just go this because like we're hooped this and this, our TV rights deal is sewering us. We're not going to get this money that we need just like I see no downside to it. Obviously I don't know the business side of the NHL. So maybe there's a glaring reason why they won't do it outside of the owners just don't want to pay the money, but I don't know. That's just, no, that's just that, that's that would idea. be, a, that would be a really cool wrinkle. Um, maybe change it to NFL where there's guaranteed money and all this, like, Oh, they'll never do that. X amount <laughs> guaranteed and then fucking cut them right after that yeah. would be dope. But yeah, it, that would be that would be pretty uh, interesting. I kind of like I like that idea a lot. Right? It would make and like you hope that the owners don't just screw it all up immediately in the off season. 
<laughs> do that thing they do and overpay free agents wildly. But it would just like it, it's made the trade deadline this year kind of boring. Like I know there's been a couple moves like Horvat moved. You're like, oh, that's big. And O'Reilly moved. You're like, that's pretty good. But there's usually more movement up mm-hmm. until before those trades. You're like, what were the only other trades? The Canucks made all of them for minor leaguers and like yeah. bottom for O'Reilly Stillman of sorts. You're like, yeah, that's because no one has money. Everyone's waiting. I think for once trade deadline day is going to be super busy because everyone's like waiting and waiting and waiting to like maximize the amount of cap that they can use. And it'll be on deadline day that like in the lat on like, it'll be like, all right, it's the day. And you, that's when you're going to see all the trades. Cause everyone's just holding their asshole tight. <laughs> just like they have no money to fucking spend. Yeah. So do something to give the teams a chance, unless you're going to raise the cap. If you're going to bump the cap up 5 million, then Hey, fuck it, do it yourself. But I don't think they're going to. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are kind of, I got one quick note, and then I want to ask each of you two questions, and I'll just, it'll be kind of like a broad question. But uh, Ottawa has come out and said that they won't be trading to Brinkat, that they're going to work on a contract extension. There's a lot of talks when he got traded there by Chicago that they had an extension in place, but then it never came to fruition and everything like that. So they're going to work on that instead of trading him for assets. Um, but to finalize trade talk, will Canucks make another big move? And then second question, who is the next big trade name on the trade bait board to be moved? To be moved. Uh, whether that be Chickering, Meyer, whatever. And Corey, you're shaking your head. What's wrong? The goddamn Canucks were down 4-2 with like two minutes left in this game or something. Don't tell me they've come back. They just tied it up and now it's 4-4. It's 5-4. 5-4 who? For the Canucks. What the fuck? Oh, my screen just said 4-4 second ago unless I'm on a weird delay. Because Manko just scored to make it. Fucking hell, it says it's 4-3 Nashville for me. (laughs) It's 4-4 with 11 seconds left in the game. Sportsnet says 5-4 with 16, 16 seconds left. Oh, well, they're I'm watching the game. I'm watching the game right now, and it's definitely tied. No, well, it, it says 5-4 on Google. Maybe they... um Goal coming maybe back. Maybe it was a goal that was scored, and they hadn't changed it back. Maybe it was a, a goal was reverted. Yeah, it says 4-4 now. It is, yeah. No one, the game just ended and no one's celebrating. It's going to stupid overtime. I think it, damn it. A goal was scored and it probably got taken back with like offside or some shit. Yeah. Fuck. So disappointing. We were just talking about how they were doing things correctly. Oh, I think Hughes scored a goal. That's fun for him. Hughes, you piece of (laughs) shit. And then Kuzmenko with a beautiful move to break in. Garland, slap pass. Kuzmenko tips it in. Also, one of the other bright spots. I would have liked us to trade Kuzmenko because I think they could have got a lot for him at the deadline because his contract's so cheap. But uh, they signed him, and I'm not upset about it. Really. Two years, I, five I and a half mil. He's a like, he's a sweet boy. Yeah, he's a fun guy to watch. I'm like, ah, screw it. You need some talent on the team. I don't think the Canucks need to strip it all the way down. But yeah, either way, sorry to take you off course there. I was just upset. Yeah, I asked two questions and it never got answered at all, and we never even like it. Acknowledge it at all, but big piece to move first. Next, uh, Timo Mayer. 
Timo Meyer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the next big fish off the board. You think? I think so. Unless we're counting Luke Shen or <laughs> well, uh, Gavrikov. Apparently, there's like a deal in place to the Bruins already, kind of for him. There's yeah. waiting on. I'm assuming money. money. Yeah, they just gotta make money work. Yeah, I asked uh, which Canuck you think will be moved next, if any. Luke Shen. Yeah, I agree. That's ba- without counting him. Do you think anyone else will get shipped off the Canucks? Yes. Who is your name that you think will be moved first? Besser. I think they getting... find a way to get him. I I really hope they find a way to get him to mini. Yeah. I like Brock Besser. I think he's great. I He's barely overpaid. Like he's, he's not like a tear. Like he's really not a terrible contract. It's not a ton of term. He makes, what is it? Like six, 6.5. I, I think, think just under six and a half. It's right? like six so and a quarter. I think he's mildly overpaid. Right. I think he's like, like a four and a half, five million dollar player. I think he's, if he was making even five and a half million, like no one would, and wouldn't be that upset with him. He's, He's put up decent point totals so far this year. He obviously struggled at the beginning of the year for obvious fucking reasons. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just, I think you're right. Like it's a change of scenery is what's best for him. And he's a guy that I'm not like the Canucks need to trade him. This is a terrible contract. Uh, I just, because I like Brock Besser, I would like him to go to Minnesota, go home, hopefully do well there. The Canucks can take Jordan Greenway or whoever the hell back and like a pick or something to make to try and balance the money. But I think I think they find a way to move him. Minnesota or New Jersey is where I think he's going to end up. New Jersey specifically New Jersey swings on because, Meyer and misses because like I think New Jersey is a good, fun, up and coming team. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, I think they fast tracked their rebuild or retool or whatever with this unbelievable year that they've had. Stupid um, Jack Hughes. But, oh, Jack, he's so good. But I think Besser would, like, fit in nicely there as, like, a good depth scoring piece. And it's mm-hmm. he's young enough to fit their timeline where I don't necessarily think it would break the bank for too much where they have to give up some of their future that they don't want to part ways with, right? Like I think yeah. Besser is, like, like a, a second-round pick. Like, I think Besser's a perfect fit for New Jersey. And then Minnesota, of course, so that he can be home and everything like that. Yeah. So I specifically want Besser moved, one, for cap space selfishly because any cap space is needed. But two is because I don't want to see him struggle in Vancouver here. I want to see him where he's either happy at home or on a team that's on the up instead of the down like Vancouver is. Yeah. Hayden, uh, do you have any name other than Luke Shen you think will be moved? Well, my take was going to be Brock Besser as well to either Minnesota or New Jersey. Uh, so that was taken. I've so over here. To, to come up with a different answer and not have it be Luke Shen. Um, oh, man, that's hard. Don't really know if there's Your anyone else. Really work. Go right in there. But... Uh, <laughs> I mean, Thatcher Demko was obviously an option before injury, but I don't really see him being an option now. Um, so, I mean, if it's not Luke Shen or Brock Besser, uh, also teams calling about JT Miller, source, trust me, bro, there is teams. No, this, there, there can't be teams. I, I don't believe that there is teams. Uh, and the next big piece to get move, I'm saying... Jacob Chikrin. 
Yeah, LA was supposed to be close on him. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, for um Brant Clark, but LA was like. I don't yeah, think we're they're not... gonna do that. I no, I wouldn't. Jacob Chikrin's not that good. LA I don't came, think. LA came out and said and told Brant Clark, "We're not trading you." So I yeah. think that rumor to LA got squashed like very quickly. Quick. They have other like if they traded Helge Grenz or Jordan Spence, like they have other solid defensive prospects they could move. Uh, but yeah, you're not trading Brant Clark for a guy who can't even say healthy. Chikrin's hurt every year. He's a decent, like he's a solid top four puck moving defenseman, but he's not like you're not giving up. If a team gave up their best prospect or second best prospect and like a first and whatever else Arizona has been trying to get for him for the last three years, it's like, there's a reason why that, that move's never been made. I don't think teams are willing to give up what Arizona wants yeah. in that deal. And I think they're going to have to end up just taking less for it. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I also don't think, the JT Miller contract, by the way, is untradeable. I think I like you're not going to get the haul you would have got if you didn't re-sign him to that deal. Uh, he's a he's a point a game player. He's been mm-hmm. a point a game player since he's been here. He like the money. It's 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 a little long the term. If it was a five year eight million dollar deal, that's a lot different. You could trade him in a heartbeat. Yeah, you would get years. a lot for him. Yeah, but like there's if the Canucks didn't sign him to that deal there would have been another team to sign him to that deal. Mm-hmm. Like there, like a team would have paid seven by eight for him. It's just, are you going to get, are the Canucks going to go, is it worth it for us to trade him for almost nothing? If that's the, like, if a team was like, Hey, we'll give you a fourth round pick and we'll take the whole deal. Did the Canucks go, well, do we want a fourth round pick? And, or like, or do we have any way of, it's if At the Canucks point, are going to go, gotta... let's rebuild this thing. Right, but they won't because they're like, well, we want to be competitive in two to three years. So if you trade Miller and you don't get anything back, then what are you going to do? And yeah, it's like I still think Carolina should trade for JT Miller, and we'll take uh, Kokaniemi back, who makes way too much money. It's like four to five million dollars for Kokaniemi, and he's I thought he not made great. more. I thought he made like six. I think maybe five, five and a half. It's mean, but it's like a long term deal, right? It was like seven years. I like five and a half. But he's a guy that's like, maybe he pans out to be a second-line center. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> but you could do that and trade for, if you could get Kokaniemi and Scott Morrow back for JT Miller. Because now that Pacioretty's out and Eric Stahl's deal's coming out, it's like they have the money. And that's a move that would put Carolina over the hump. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they will. I don't think they want to admit to their mistake this soon after signing. Even though Rutherford's a guy who has, like, signed a guy or brought a guy in hasn't worked. And he's like a year later or less shipped them back out. I just, yeah, I, I just don't think it's un, as unmovable. If, if you just, if they just wanted to get rid of him, they could get rid of him. I think but the term is what makes it so tough for Vancouver because of obviously the years it's like yeah, five like years. Yeah. Five years would have been the perfect deal. Yeah. absolute perfect deal like that i would not be mad at it's purely just how many hockey players play from 35 to 38 and are still putting up probably uh eight or nine million dollar production zilch yeah. <laughs> you know like it's very few so you that's need why... the cap to go up like if in six exactly. years the cap's gone up 12 million dollars then you're like okay yeah, then it's okay, but this the how it seems to be and how it's going, 
I don't even know. Yeah, it's hard to say that it will. So I think I do think Besser is getting moved. I think he's going to New Jersey, and I think Timo Meyer is going to Carolina. <clears throat> That's where yeah. I think Timo's going. And you're right, Corey. It is like a four by like just under uh, eight by just under five million dollars for Kai Kami. I was thinking of his off uh his offer sheet that he signed it was a one year six million that's what i was thinking that was a short-term six million dollar deal but it was his offer sheet that he signed yeah so i got it mixed up there but yeah i mean in terms of like making the money work bringing a young kakinemi on wouldn't be like awful in terms of rebuilding is it's just a long term but long term doesn't really hurt when a kid's young right It's having that long contract for a guy like JT Miller when it's like, yeah, I, it's like a $4 million difference. But in terms of we'll ship you the second half of the last year of Myers as well. Have yeah. Them. Or we'll take someone else on for a couple of years. But we'll uh, move on. Just a couple small notes here. Um Kings Mikey Anderson signs eight-year, $33 million extension, just over $4 million annually. Good middle pair defenseman, pretty solid for an uh, up-and-coming team like L.A. to bring him on. Any thoughts? Roundtable. He's a guy that doesn't put up a lot of points. He's solid a signing. defensive defenseman kind of thing. I think, he, I think he moves the puck decently from what I remember about him. But, uh, yeah, he's a, that's the kind of contract where they sign that, thinking like, okay, the cap will probably go up. So four million for him might seem a little bit much now, but they're hoping probably in two, three years that they're like, okay, that's great. And that's a solid move for a guy like that who is will never be more than a middle pairing defender. They're like, for the next eight years, I'm making four and a half million dollars. I'm just set. I'm just locking it in. He's playing deal or no deal in the bank. Was like, I'll take it. Yeah. So you haven't heard it. I will. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll just take it. I don't care. Eight years. I'm in. In L.A security in a league where the money's guaranteed <laughs> love it um Ole Mata signs a two-year six million dollar extension with Detroit talk about six a- million three million annually oh oh I was like <laughs> what the fuck I'm like good for Ole Mata <laughs> Steve Eiserman was on crazy pills yeah three million per that's fine yeah it is what it is um Jonathan Taves is placed on IR with illness long COVID it's a hoax Big <laughs> sex and conspiracy podcast, along Woo! with hockey. <laughs> <laughs> We're diving into all the categories, Hayden. He's shedding the virus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, just unfortunate for Jonathan Taves, especially when it comes around a time where, well, are the Jets in on him? Will he make? Will they make a trade for Taves? Like, will, were teams interested on Taves? And now I think this kind of dead. this puts a pin on his season. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, no point in trying to come back from that, but hopefully all the best Jonathan Taves gets better soon. Bless up. Um, and last point here, uh, or I guess a couple points more. Coyotes uh, were on a nine-game point streak. Clayton Keller came out and said, management must be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. Dear. They're definitely pissed. Oh, they're so mad. They're like, we were supposed to be in the gutter this year. Playing in their college arena. Yeah. And Arizona's been electric. Fat. Dylan Gunther was playing really good when he was playing. Uh, with don't them. talk about him. Don't talk about him. Uh, you don't Clayton, speak that name here. Clayton Keller, Nick Schmaltz. 
Jacob Chicker and they're all playing good. Mm-hmm. Val Valmenka or fucking whatever the goalie's name is. Mitch Malka, he's having a fucking good year too. Arizona managers, they're just like yeah, Connor Ingram even's been great for them. Yeah. Goal, you're like, they can't make it. Shout out the team that traded him for peanuts. Team's definitely trying to tank. They're like, we're sitting chicken a month, a month before we trade him. <laughs> trade related reasons. Goes out to him. Stop fucking playing so Canucks fucking lose. Good. Canucks lose in the shootout. Only one point. Only one point, guys. Jeez. What a, what a terrible three shots for Vancouver. Yeah, Miller. I like Miller went for it there and just lost it. <laughs> lost just, the handle. It was yeah, it was awful. And then Patterson, like same holy move. Fuck. You see, but at UC least he Soros. got the shot. Yeah, you see, Soros is a fucking sprawler. Jesus Christ. Aquilini came down in his invisibility cloak and he yelled at the team, "Fuck up in the shootout." <laughs> no, he's looking for that playoff atmosphere, baby. <laughs> wow, uh, the intensity. It's almost like a playoff game. But uh, now the last point here, David Krejci honored for his thousandth game, the Boston Bruins. Guy took a hiatus over to Czech League and came back and uh, decided to just Crushing come it. to a fucking wagon in Boston. So <laughs> how are you for David Krejci? But congratulations to the man. Good job, David. But uh, that's all I got for uh, hockey points here. Um, is there anything else that you guys caught throughout the week that I'm missing and leaving out? Just that it's disappointing that we played that Bruins team in the finals and that 10 years later, the Canucks are absolute dog shit and have been for most of that time. And the Bruins have been a competitive team the whole time while like the mainstay of their players have been there, but they've found a way to integrate young players into it and also remain on goddamn top. So that's cool. That's a fun way to look at your organizations. Hey, let's get the GM. Let's get one of the guys who was with the Bruins organization over here to run our team like that. And it turns out they brought the slow kid from the Bruins organization over here and uh, said he ran us into the ground for a decade. And now the Canucks are nowhere near competing for a cup. And the Bruins like, we're the fucking favorite. We've been through eight. We've been through 18 retools and they've gone to like a Stanley Cup final and like many Eastern Conference finals. Yeah. <laughs> and we're great. still in the gutter. It's great. Love it. I don't even hate the Bruins anymore. I just hate that they're better than us. I know. I know. But um we got a we're gonna go over to our end of episode segment. Woo! Um last episode we did a draft of players who have been on two or more teams, and they must have played a game. For the two teams, not just like got drafted, not like Adam Fox, who got drafted by Carolina or Calgary to Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then he's only played for one team where he's yep. when he's actually been on three. So they must have played a game for an NHL minute. Um, we're going to do center, left wing, right wing, defenseman, goalie. Um, 2D or 1D? 2D? 2D. Yeah. It's like a starting lineup. Um, and there's many players like JT Miller. Mm-hmm. If you look him up, he's like a center, left wing, right wing. Like he's played, he's a forward. Any, yeah. He's played any position. Uh, like Matthew Kachuk has played both wings. So it's like, I went based off of what cap friendly told me they were. I've, I went to like hockey DB fantasy and NHL.com and there's Hockey debut will have Matt Kachuk as a left wing, but then you go to NHL.com and he's left wing, right wing, or Tate Cap Thompson. friendly has him as a right wing. 
right wing. Like I've seen these types of players in like three different uh, positions. So we'll pick it. And then, but there's players like John Tavares, that guy's a center. Like Zabina Jad's a center. Mm hmm kind of like Eichel's a, like there's players that you know are certain positions so uh from there on out um as usual Corey you are the guest of the show you're basically a fucking host at this point but you are a guest of the show um where do you want to draft and I will ask the question here do you guys want to do snake draft or do you want to do one two three one two three one two three I think you got to go snake snake. Yeah. I think it's the only fair way to do it. Three plus is snake two plus you alternate. That's how I usually do it. Um, snake draft. So take that into account. Corey, where do you want to pick from one to three? Um, okay. Before, before we start, mm-hmm. are my drafting a team as if like I was going to draft these guys and this was my team going forward or is it like this year only? Uh, you can take everything into account. Like I'm kind of just going off of, I'm yeah. Like in the football one, Corey, I took Julio Jones. All oh, so, encompassing. Like it's just kind of like what they've done before, how they're doing now, going forward. Like it doesn't. It's totally up to you because it's like in there's a world where I would take a Joe Pavelski, but you're like I wouldn't take Joe Pavelski. He's 38 years old. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I but think okay. in terms of my strategy, I don't know if you want. I'm caring mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. share, mm-hmm. but I'm taking age as a. I'm taking it as a little bit of a factor. Yeah, like age is playing a big part in a big role. Yeah, but okay. also it's like I'm not going to completely turn down a Joe Pavelski type of like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So um, I'll go pick three. Pick three. Yeah. All right, Hayden. As per usual. Heads or tails? Um, give me heads. Give you head. Uh, hey Siri, Six heads sex. or tails? Hey Siri, heads or tails? Heads. Hey. Oh. Siri's giving you Woo. head, bro. Oh my god, Siri is giving me head. Um, but you know what? For this one, I actually want to go first. All right. So um, there's a lot of ways I could go here. Um, It's like, you know what? Since I found D and goalie kind of uh, the hardest to go after, uh, I'm going to go defenseman. Give me Eric Carlson. Respect. Respect. Poor Joyce. Poor Joyce. Um. For mine, this one is really, really tough, but um, I think he's grown into what I believe is a close to top 10 player. Um, I'm going to go Matt Kachuk. Um, I think he's one of, uh, he's like a coach's dream, I would think. Power forward who can put up 100 points, and he's younger. So I'm going to take Matt Kachuk as my... As your left or right winger? I was just about to say, um, I'm going to put him on my right wing. Matt Kachuk. Okay. All right. I had him as my top left winger. Okay. I had him as my top goalie. 
What? Personally. Yeah, you gotta figure put some pads on. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> yes, How be hard good. could it be? Right, He's gonna stick up the whole net. Easy peasy, lemon cheesy. All right. Corey, okay. third and fourth pick for you, my boss. Third and fourth pick for me, the handsomest guy in the room. I am going to take who do I want here? A little old, little young, little baby, little baby. I'm going to go with a defenseman here. And I am actually, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm not going to go with a defenseman. I'm going to go center and I'm going to take Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson. Good. Yeah. Yeah. He was young. And uh, I, I think he's on his, on his way to being a top, top boy. Yeah. He's really good. And center is the second most important position to have might be the most important position. If you have a number one center, yep. uh, outside of that, uh, I'm going to go, I got to delete him. So I don't accidentally say his name twice, like an idiot. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> have Tage Thompson as your right wing and center. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually my next pick. I'm going to take, uh, <laughs> Matthew Kachuk, is he still available? <laughs> idiot. Oh, God, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, no, I am going to go with a defenseman, and I am going to take Shea Theodore. Yeah. Yeah. Shea Theodore, I think, is – I think he's a number one defenseman, honestly. I, I think, think so that too. Uh, he's the titties, so I'm going I, I just traded for him in fantasy. Mm-hmm. A solid move. I have him on my fantasy team. I because I gave up my fourth defenseman to Hayden. <laughs> um, so I was without a fourth defenseman for about a month, and then I traded Adrian Kempe for Shea Theodore. Solid, I, I believe is pretty pretty even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, enough about me. Um, back to you, Jeff. Back to me. <laughs> enough about me. Back to me. Yeah, like I was saying. <laughs> there's just so much I can have fun with right now but I think I'm gonna go defenseman as well um ah this is very very tough I'm gonna take a risk here um I'm gonna go Dougie Hamilton Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton. A I solid think. choice. Some might call him a cancer in the room because he's been on 800 teams, but he's very good at his job. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's my pick. Dougie good Hamilton. way to go. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with my second and third, I'm going to take a center. Uh, I could go one of two ways, age being a factor, but also productivity uh especially in the last two years give me uh the one we love give me Bo. give me mr horvat at center score that yeah and then for my right wing uh give me vladimir tarasenko the Terrasank show. Oh. Terrasanko. <laughs> Nerd. Tara, Corey, shut the fuck up, oh. 
Ooh, get fucked, uh, Corey. Get roasted, bitch. Oh, God. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> uh, center, I really want to leave till last, but like I'm really nervous too. Well, um, now you can because we have both centers. Unless someone's a center winger. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, my left wing. Uh, Artemy Panarin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last time I checked, he was decent at his job, just like the other three I have. Other two yeah. I have. Artemy Panarin. Solid, solid, solid. I am going to go. I got to delete these centers from my list now. Goodbye, boys. Give me Kevin Fiala. Mm-hmm. Right wing or left wing? Uh, give me him as a left wing. Okay. Hey, are you writing this down or no? I'm writing mine down. Okay. Could you, you send me? Yeah. Could you send me it after? I will. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> and Jeff, you too. Yeah, I got you. I've just been crossing off the names off my list. Um, All right. Uh, you're um. Your my other pick, fourth, your fourth, fourth pick. Yeah, he gets fourth, his yep. fourth pick. My fourth pick. I will take on I'm gonna go. Do I want a defenseman or my right winger? That's a tough, tough choice here. I don't really want you anymore. I don't think you're that good. You were solid, but more defensive than anything, and you're kind of old. So you know what? I am going to take a defenseman, and I'm going to take Hampus Lindholm. I have him on my fantasy team. Rushing it now that he is on a good team. Turns out that the Ducks are just garbage, and uh, Hampus Lindholm Lindholm is a number one defenseman in Boston. (laughs) I I looked at their uh, goal differential, minus 96. Currently, mm-hmm. like thirty worse than like any other team. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, terrible. They are so bad. I respect it though. Poor Duckies. Just embracing the tank. Like you yeah. look at him, like last year it, for Anaheim, you're like 22 points in 61 games. You're like, oof, that's not that great. And that's on a team that like plays no defense, and so he's just playing whenever. He's got uh, 36 points so far this year in 56 games in Boston. While being a fucking plus thirty six, yeah, no, he's forty two penalty minutes. He's killing it, and he's only twenty nine. It's my boy right there. I traded what two fifteen. I traded him in my two player keeper league when Mm -hmm. he was like top twenty. Yep, traded him and ninth round pick for DeBrincat and a fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. So I was like fourth round pick and potentially a better player to DeBrincat. I'll take it. Mm Um, for my defenseman, because it's looking kind of thin, uh, I'm going to go as one of the best two-way defensemen in the league. Um, since I already have a right shot, I'm going to go with a left shot. I'm going to go Devon Taves. That was the guy who I was thinking about, but he's the one who I said he's too just defensive, I think. like He's great when you pair him with a great defenseman. That's why I took Hampus instead. That's but I do like the pick. Devon Taves. I think he's just he's on Team Canada with Kale McCarr if they pick a team, I think. Kind of like how probably, they did, yeah. Why not, right? How they did Kunitz with Crosby in 2014. 
Ugh, Kunitz. I know. I mean, we shit on him, but Kunitz scored in the gold medal game for Sweden when Bar Dizzle on King Hank. So he's fine. It's just the guys you're like, he's only there because he plays with Crosby. Oh, 100%. 1000%. Uh, Hayden, your, um, your fourth and fifth selections. All right. Well, I want a good guy between the pipes. Um, so as Corey was saying, uh, for basically Boston, give me Linus Allmark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, a resurgence then, for the man this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's been, even last year, too, was pretty good. And he's looking even better and better as the years go on. So I like that. Um, and then I think I'm going to save my left wing for last. And I'm going to go my last defenseman. I like Burns because he's very just fucking physical, but I like Petrangelo. A couple of the old boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter Angelo. I like it. As Don Cherry says it, Peter Angelo. Peter Angelo. Yeah. Biesca and Lalongo. <laughs> <laughs> Names escaping me right now. My goodness. Uh, but... Since uh since center is kind of wide open, um I'm gonna go goalie even though it's r- kind of tough. I really don't know what direction to swing. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm honestly stuck. But I'm gonna help step, bro. I'm stuck choosing goalie. <laughs> I'm going to go based off of this player's last few years. Try and... it'll just scored for you, Jeff, by the way. Oh, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I'm, got another point. <laughs> I'm going to subtract his bad year this year. I'm going to go Jacob Markstrom as my goalie. I also had Markstrom. Mm-hmm. I think... He's been the more consistent goalie the past three to four years before this year than any other goalie I have on my list. Um, but and the other goal, all these goals are kind of like the same for me. So it's like not bad. It's not a bad pick, but it's not a great pick, you know. But uh Corey, your um fifth and final pick, fifth and sixth pick. So I need a right winger and I need a goalie. Uh, yeah, you guys already filled up. I've got a few names on the board here for right wingers. I had Joe Pavelski listed too old. He's gone. I had Zach Hyman listed. I just don't think he's that good. And I think he's just racking up points playing with McDavid and Can I also just say though, like when he was playing with McDavid, he was tearing it up. And then for some, some fucking reason, Oh, McDavid almost just made a nasty goal. Uh, for some reason, what's the Edmonton Oilers coach name? Jay Jay Woodcroft. He switched it up and put Hyman with Drysital, and then now they're both on kind of like a like a a flat a flat line right now. Mm-hmm. So weird. It's like Don't they almost it. both get carried by McDavid. What are the odds? <sighs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely insane. But sorry, Corey, go on. It's all good. You got Jeff Skinner. But again, I, you know, a little too streaky for me. So we're down to two guys, and it's JT Miller and it's Alec DeBrincat. I've Alex. got Tage Thompson. Alex, sorry. I, don't, I think I accidentally hit Idiot. C when I was typing in my phone. My God. It? Alex DeBrincat, who listens to the show, is offended. Love him. Alex, <laughs> I love you. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me through the phone. I got Tage Thompson, who's a big boy at center. 
Big lad, yeah. Kevin Fiala, who's like 200 pounds, like he's a normal-sized guy. So I could go JT Miller and go kind of a lot of pugnacity yeah. on a line there. But I'm going to go with the young kid, and I'm going to take Alex Debrinkat. He has scored at least 30 goals three times already, and he turned yeah. 25 in December, folks. Yeah. Uh, the, he's he's very good, I think. He's and a I tiny, think- tiny boy. But I think because he's playing with in this imaginary zone, Kevin Fiala and Tage Thompson, they make it work. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the pure goal-scoring talent there. Uh, in goal, there's a lot of, like, mediocre talent. That's what I'm saying. That, is like They're all kind of, like, the same where it's, like, not really, like, a great pick, but it's not a terrible yeah, pick like, by any Semyon means. Semyon Varlamov, Alex <laughs> Gorgiev, uh, you know, all these guys. So I'm going to take a guy who is young and this year has looked very good on Minnesota, and that's Philip Gustafson. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's putting up great numbers. Uh, I had like Vitek Vanacek or Vitek. I, I, I had Darcy Kemper there too, but right. It's but older kind of guys that I'm not very inspired by. I think Gustafson's got the potential and the talent. He's already shown that he can play well at the NHL level. So give me the kid, give me the baby. And I'm gonna go there. A nice young team. I saw a bunch of these trade room like trade mock trades surrounding Demko and it's like maybe Buffalo and we get Uka Pekka Lukanen and I was like I honestly wouldn't mind I I wouldn't mind it just for the name for the jersey 6k (laughs) (laughs) that's like hey who's the tight end on New Orleans or the receiver on New Orleans Jimmy Graham Rashid Shahid Rashid Shahid like that's like all name team is Uka Pekka Lukanen Rashid Shahid is just (laughs) <laughs> oh, give it to me all day. Um, but all right, JT Miller off the board. Uh, for my center and final pick, Miller is not off the board. Yeah, Miller is him. not off the board. I was talking about taking. Oh him. shit! Yeah, that's my bad. Um, bring Kitty. I don't think I'm gonna pick him anyway. <laughs> um, I'm between two lads here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can talk about it because Hayden, you still need to pick a not center, left wing. Uh, I'm between Mika Zibanejad and Jack Eichel. I had Eichel. Huh? I I, like that was who my center choice was between was Horvat and Eichel. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm in between those two guys. There's also someone like JT Miller, John Tavares, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, But I think. I'm going to go with Jack Eichel. I think, that's a, I think that's a solid choice, yeah. I, I I just think Zibanejad, as much as I love him, I think he's too streaky. And Whereas, like, I think Eichel can kind of just, like, if he's healthy, I think he just carries more consistency. I think Zibanejad. he's a better player on his own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Jack Eichel. Well, for my left wing position, uh, maybe not taking to Chuck, maybe he kind of bit me in the ass. Uh, but you know what? I'm here. And Jeff, the same way that, you know, you were talking about down years with some players. Uh, I don't think, I think this is the biggest down year of any person. Uh, Jonathan Huberto is 
is in my line of sights, and so is Andre Burakovsky. But I like Jonathan Huberdeau. I think, I think maybe he just needs time to settle. So give me, give me Hubie. Hubie. Puberto. Puberto. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, let's uh, Hayden as first pick of the draft. Uh, why don't you run through your team starting from center? Starting from center. Uh, to take the face-offs, give me Bo Horvat, who passes it back to Eric Carlson or Alex Petrangelo. Uh, shoots it up the wing to Tarasenko and Huberto. Uh, while saving every uh, shot faced against him is big old Linus Allmark. Respect, respect. The 2018 Corey? All-Star team is yeah. hidden. Uh, Sorry about yeah. 2018, man. Got uh, Tage Thompson. A blossoming, beautiful, fucking power forward at center. Just crushing dudes and banging ladies. Uh, Falling up left wing. Kevin, don't follow me, Fiala. And then Alex, little tiny cat on the right wing. Very solid, very balanced line. Uh, Feeding them pucks, reunited from their Anaheim days. Now in Vegas and Boston, respectively. Shea Theodore and Hampus Lindholm. And uh, they're all uh, they're doing their best to try and keep the young the young buck, Philip Gustafson, safe, because we're all about taking big swings here in Lathunderland, and uh, we didn't we didn't want any any oldies we didn't want any old I think our oldest player is, I'm pretty sure it's Hampus Lindholm I think he's 28. <laughs> what team was Gustafson on? For? Ottawa and then now Mini. Right. Ottawa. He was he played like. Nine games one year in Ottawa, and then last year he was in Ottawa and played a certain amount of games. I don't know. He wasn't yeah. great, but Ottawa was so bad. Yeah. Uh, and now so he's hard in- for any goalie to find success in Ottawa right now. Yeah. Fuck. But um, I got I got Jack Eichel. Um, nice back. Talk one more. Say one more thing he's about my team. Paralyzed. <laughs> it was neck <laughs> surgery. God damn it! What is your neck connected to? Damn, he's got you it's, there, Joe. It's on its, it's own, man. Bones, bro. <laughs> uh, Jack Eichel, um, paired with the bread man. He can be the jelly, or mm. Kachuk and Eichel can be the peanut butter and jelly to the bread man. Um, kind of that's kind of weak. I'm sorry. Yeah, please um, bones. Yeah, uh, Dougie Hamilton and Devon Taves, double D's on the back end there, with uh Jacob Markstrom backing up. Love that 896 save percentage. Woo! Hey. <laughs> Yo, my Can team. Return to form or not? My team, it's like I got someone with an artificial disc in his neck. Panarin, who's had an inconsistent year. Kachuk, who's had a really good year. He's mm-hmm. the light of my team. Dougie Hamilton, who's been on like four different teams and basically is a dickhead. Devon Taves, solid player all around. Good. BC kid and Jacob Markstrom who sucks. So McDavid scored. So consistent Ooh, team. <laughs> but um that's all that's all uh we got for episode 149. Corey, thank you once again for coming on as always. Thanks for having uh, me. Uh where can the people find you? They can find me here in my home if they're if they're looking for love. I'm a lonely guy. Dell's in, in Europe right now. So I got I got nothing going on. Nothing but free time, everybody. Come on over, please. What's your address, Please. postal code? 
it's V5. Credit card number. Yeah. So, so do you need the three number. on the back? <laughs> yeah, the three wacky numbers on the back. I'll need those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect, okay. perfect. It expires July 20th. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me. Yeah, you can find me here. You can find me there. You can find me uh Corey Latondra. Just look up my name, baby. Look it up. You'll find it on Twitter. That's the only place you'll find me these days. Love it. Just a sad old man. I'll tag you. Yeah, tag me. Tag me and bag me, boys. (laughs) Or as Hayden likes to say, tag me and bang me because he's a big sex guy. That's right. Big sex sex guy. guy. (laughs) He's wide awake after he dumps that load. Uh, Hayden, where can the people find you? In bed with your missus? Yeah, I was about to say coming. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Coming to a town near you. Oh no, I just meant coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh yeah. at Hayden underscore Barton on Instagram and Twitter and HBart13 on TikTok as well. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.lefave on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left side heavy underscore. This Friday, episode 150, we got our boy Big Off returning to the show for a kickback and relax. Doing a bracket episode, Hayden's Planet. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's going to be a surprise. So, best uh, sex positions. Yeah. (laughs) He does have a sex Bible at his place. So, I wouldn't be surprised. No, I threw it away. Chapter one of the Karma Sutra. (laughs) I threw it away. I can't have Bibles in my place. But, um, no, yeah. Okay. This Friday's KBNR is going to be a good one as always. Corey. It is official. You are on episode 155, and we are going to do a snacks episode. Woo! So we are going to make that happen. I know your snack tastic snack tastic voyage is on hiatus right now. Yep. Um, the ship is um just getting a tune up, right? It's not ready to set sail quite yet. We've so, anchored, we're ashore currently. Yeah. So we're gonna we got scurvy. Yeah. So we're gonna get you on a KB and R and we're gonna do a big snacks episode. While Man. eating some snacks. So it's going to be a great time. Uh, but yeah. Uh, rate and review. Anywhere you get your podcast. Really helps grow the show. Watch on YouTube. Subscribe. Do all that sorts of fun stuff. And we will see you guys next time. Peace.